0: Hello and welcome to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death. This is a program that is intended for all those involved in the struggle to build a culture of life in the United States. We discuss topics of interest to the pro-life effort and bring you the latest breaking news. And that is what we're going to do on today's program. But before we get into today's show, I'd like to ask you to say a Hail Mary together with me to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that we will get the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea whenever you start a new activity during the day to ask the Blessed Mother to shower her graces on all that you're doing so that it will turn out the way she and her son Jesus want it to turn out. Okay, there's there's a lot of things going on in the pro-life movement. There's a lot of political stuff. There's a lot of activism things, and we're going to try to cover um, as much as we can uh, in today's program, I do want to just let you know that next week I will not be here because I will be activating uh, on the uh, in Washington D.C. at the National March for Life. Uh, this is an annual event in in Washington. It started the year after Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton decisions were handed down by the United States Supreme Court, and that came down on January twenty second, nineteen seventy three. And so here in the year 2020, the pro-life community commemorates, not celebrates, commemorates the 47th anniversary of seven men on the Supreme Court saying that it is okay to kill God's creations. It is okay to kill pre-born babies that God created for a specific purpose. Everyone is created by God for a specific purpose. You uh, and part of our lives is to try to figure out what that is. And if we pray to God and if we listen to God, he will tell us what he wants us to do with our lives. Sometimes we know that early. Sometimes it takes many, many years before we actually figure out what God wants. But the, there is a purpose for each of our lives. And he creates all these babies in the womb because that's how human beings are created in a method designed by God. I mean, it's not an accident the way we created. God designed us. God designed how we would be created, that it would be the love of a mother and a father joining together with God to create a new human being. And in 1973, the Supreme Court said it's okay in the United States of America to kill these babies created by God before they are born. It is a travesty. It is an unbelievable happening in our history. And those who were around at that time in 1973 were just struck by how outrageous this was. And they knew that as soon as Congress became fully aware of how bad this was, that they would overturn the Supreme Court decision. And the way you overturn a Supreme Court decision is you amend the Constitution. Because what the Supreme Court was saying is that there is no protection for preborn children in the Constitution. Right? There is no right to abortion in the Constitution. Everybody, even the Supreme Court, recognizes that. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution, but there is no prohibition specifically because the people who created our Constitution had no idea that anybody would ever consider killing a baby in the womb or a baby in the fallopian tubes or a baby in an IVF lab. Nobody would do that. These are children. These are babies. It was ridiculous to them. They did so no need to to put anything like that in the Constitution, but then once the Supreme Court spoke in nineteen seventy three it became necessary to change that. And what happened is the pro-life community, and of course then it was the the, the uh, it was a small community. there had been pro-life activists, and there are people who will tell you that they have been involved in the pro-life movement since the mi- mid-1960s, and that is absolutely true because abortion was being pushed around the country, and um, one of the things that, that prompted the Supreme Court decision was the fact that the first state to legalize or decriminalize, is the right word, to decriminalize abortion was the state of Colorado, and they did that in 1967, Right? It was followed by a few other states. The state of New York decriminalized abortion in 1970. And by the time that the Supreme Court issued their ruling in 1973, there were 14 states that had already decriminalized abortion and allowed abortion under certain circumstances in each of the states. And so the pro-life movement was not founded in 1973. It was you know, put together in state after state. And there were other states, of course, that hadn't passed any laws decriminalizing abortion where the abortion proponents were already fighting for it and the pro lifers in those states were already fighting against it so there was there was a lively pro life movement in the united states in 1973 but it was not a national movement it was a a movement that uh, that was driven by the states but uh, now once the supreme court did that you know now it became a national movement now it became something that congress needed to be aware of and take care of, and so the first march in Washington, D.C. was held on the first anniversary of the passing of the, or, or the, uh, the judgment of the Supreme Court, and that was on January twenty second, 1974, where a woman named Nellie Gray organized along with her, her friends and compatriots, uh, but the, the leader was Nellie Gray, and she organized the first March for Life in Washington, D.C., and drew thousands of people through the March. The reports were about 20,000 people, which was a huge march back in 1974. And the idea was, if you have this many people show up, that Congress is going to have to do something. Well, it's now 2020, so we know they didn't. And they haven't. They have not done what they needed to do. And so today, 47 years later, we are still dealing with the slaughter of innocent children prior to their birth here in the United States. The numbers fluctuate. The numbers are, are hard to figure out because a lot of them are not reported. Um, the latest numbers from from uh, the, the, the Best sources is it's somewhere around 800,000 a year, maybe 860,000, maybe 820,000. It depends on what source you're looking at. Um, but, but somewhere around 800,000. And, and people say, well, that, you know, it used to be 1.6 million, so 800,000 isn't too bad. And, and, and if anybody says that to you, you just say, wait a minute. 800,000 people dying from abortion isn't too bad? You know, what what kind of logic is that? 800,000. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. You know, that works out to to, you know, over 2,000 innocent preborn children being killed in the United States every day. Right? Not every week, not every month, not every year, every day over 2,000 innocent preborn children are killed here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Wow. This not too bad. You know, it's better than when we used to kill 4,000 a day. No, it's not. We shouldn't be killing any of them. You know, we get upset as a nation, you know, and, and rightfully so. I, I don't want to make light of anything. Where rightfully so, we get upset and nation if, if somebody shoots up a, a, a nightclub and and there are you know 25 people killed we get upset about that well of course we should absolutely we should we get upset when somebody gets into a school right with a gun and starts shooting and kills 10 15 20 children we should be outraged at that right children innocent children being killed in the school but then we have two 1000 a day every day being killed before they're born and we don't say anything and we don't do a lot and we let our politicians speak but no real action happening we have to start calling our elected officials at all levels of government to task for allowing this slaughter to continue can you imagine if every night of every day of the year that a place was shot up and and 15 people died every night somewhere else in the country, right? This whole nation would be in an uproar. 15 people a night, innocent people a night being slaughtered, an uproar. But 2,000 a day doesn't seem to bother a lot of folks. This is pro-life activism, the name of this show. From creation to death, which means from the very point that God creates that new human being, which most times is in the fallopian tubes of the woman, that's where most of that creation takes place. You know, people say life begins in the womb. No, it doesn't. Life begins in the fallopian tubes most of the time. Of course, we've got these things called IVF, in vitro fertilization centers, and there are babies created there by God, and, and they're not even inside the woman's body, right? No, life doesn't begin in a womb. Life begins at creation. And we have to start protecting our children and our grandchildren from creation, And so next week, we're going to commemorate, not celebrate, we're going to commemorate the outrageous Supreme Court decision 47 years ago. And we're going to have to come to terms with the fact that we're still allowing it to go on. And I invite you to be part of that. I invite you to be part of it either. At one of the major rallies around the United States, there's one in, as I said earlier, one in Washington, D.C. There's another, uh, what's called the West Coast Walk for Life in San Francisco. And so as not to compete with each other, the Washington, D.C. march is actually on Friday, January the 24th. And the West Coast March for Life is on Saturday, January 25th. And around this nation in many capitals of states, in other places, uh, there will be local and statewide activities to commemorate it, usually a rally with a speaker. And I've been privileged to, to be at a lot of these, these talks in state capitals, um, all the way uh, from, from Texas to, uh, to Alaska um, and, and a lot of other states uh we've been there we've seen the people come together and so if you can't make it to one of the national rallies you know attend a local rally but next week right let's spend time commemorating the babies that died let's pray pray prayer is very very important in this we must pray my name is jim sedlak and you're listening to pro-life activism from creation to death on radiomaria.us a christian voice in your home and we started today talking about the anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision. But we want to talk a little bit more about abortion here in the United States because it is a, a day to talk about that. It is a week to remember that, to think about what's going on. And I have to tell you that, that uh, we've, we've been looking over the course of the last month or so uh, at statistics about the abortion facilities in the United States. Um, how many you know such facilities there are, and you know who runs the most of them, et cetera, and just to get a, an idea of what's happening, and and what what we have found is that um, still here in January of two thousand and twenty, the organization that runs the largest abortion chain in the nation is an organization called Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Now, this is the organization that runs out and says that abortion is only 3% or 4% of their business, and they expect you to believe that. And, of course, that's, that's totally wrong. Um, it, it's, it's just totally inaccurate. You know, there's an old saying that figures don't lie, but liars figure. And, and Planned Parenthood is very good at using numbers to go to a conclusion they want. But let's, let's you know, look for a second at the actual numbers of Planned Parenthood and what they are actually doing here in this nation as we start January of, of 2020. And what you need to know, <clears throat> as I said, that Planned Parenthood is still the largest abortion chain in the nation. Now, Planned Parenthood runs facilities that do surgical abortions, they run facilities that do medication abortions, and then they run facilities that do not do any of those two kinds of abortions, but spread what are called birth control products or contraception, but those products, most of them, about 90% of them, work part of the time by preventing implantation in the womb and killing babies. And so they are, in fact, abortifacient drugs. They're drugs that cause abortions. But Planned Parenthood doesn't use that term, and the news media doesn't use that term, but we will here on this show, and in good pro-life groups all across the country, we'll use that term. But Planned Parenthood... Last year, in 2019, increased the number of abortion facilities that they run. Right now, just, just get this picture. I told you earlier that the number of abortions in the United States fell from 1.6 million back in the mid-1990s to some 800,000 in the last year. They have numbers, which, which is two years ago. So, the number of abortions in the United States is falling, but over all that time, Planned Parenthood has continually opened more and more abortion facilities right that that kind of gives you an indication of what you know where their their uh, allegiance lies if you what they 're trying to do. they want to kill more babies and even though uh, there are fewer babies being killed, Planned Parenthood wants to get more percentage. Back, if you went back to the 1990s, Planned Parenthood was killing about 9% of the abortions in the nation. They were performing or committing 9%, killing 9% of the babies that were aborted. The best numbers we have, which were numbers released by Planned Parenthood a couple of weeks ago, was that in 2018, when the abortion numbers were down to about 860,000, Planned Parenthood committed 40% of the abortions in the United States. On top of that, Planned Parenthood operates more abortion facilities than anybody else. And in 2019, they took their surgical, they they have two classes of facilities. So the first class does surgical and medication abortion. Surgical or invasive procedures, medication abortion or the pill, the abortion pill. Right, which which comes in different names, but you, you don't you don't go inside the woman; you just give her pills, and the pills kill the baby. Right, so there's if you take the two classes, the surgical and medication abortions, and then just the medication abortions, Planned Parenthood increased the number of surgical and medication abortions that it operates by seven. Okay, they now operate 166. Surgical and medication abortions in the United States, that's seven more than they did in in 2018, and their total that they operate is about 36% of all the the surgical and medication abortion facilities in the country. So Planned Parenthood operates one third of the surgical and medication abortions buildings in the country. But then you move to those facilities that just do the medication abortions. They just do the abortion pills. These particular facilities do not do surgical abortions, but they do do the medication abortions. And Planned Parenthood, again, in 2019, increased the number of their locations that do that by 11. Okay. And they now run 209 medication-only abortion facilities in the country. So if you add those together, the 166 surgical and medical facilities, the 209 exclusively medical facilities, you find out that Planned Parenthood operates 375 killing centers here in the United States. 375 killing centers Here in the United States, nobody operates anywhere near that number, anywhere near that number. In fact, all the other abortion centers combined together don't come near 375. There are 710 abortion facilities, as far as we know, 710 surgical and medication abortion facilities in the country at the end of 2019. Okay? And so if you do the math on that, you find out that Planned Parenthood operates 53% of all the abortion facilities in the nation. This is our number one baby killer in the country. And people argue whether they should be getting government money or not. They kill our children. They're the number one killers of our children in the nation and according to the annual report that they released a couple of weeks ago, they got $616 million from the American taxpayer. Right? $616 million. Right? That's about $1.7 million a day in our taxpayer money so that they could kill all these babies so that they could open new abortion facilities. We're talking abortion. We're talking about the killing of God's creation. We're talking about the number one abortion chain in the nation. I know if you listen to this program regularly and I've had some people comment to me, Jim, you spend a lot of time on Planned Parenthood. Well, of course I do. They're the biggest enemy of God and God's young creation in this nation. We should be focusing on them, not giving them $1.7 million a day so that they can kill more babies, but somehow that doesn't translate to action. Now, this year is an election year, right? We get to go to the polls, and we get to elect every member of the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. Every one of them is up for election this year. They are every two years. And one-third of the United States Senate is also up for election. So we get to pick every member of the House of Representatives and one-third of the Senate. Now, four years ago, we did a decent job of that. We, we not, not an outstanding job, but we did a decent job because we also get to pick the president four years ago. And we get to pick the president again today, this year. And we, we, we went from an avidly pro-abortion president to a probably the, the, the most pro-life president that we have ever had. In the House of Representatives, four years ago, we went from a majority in the House of, House of Representatives that was anti-life to one that was definitely pro-life. And the United States Senate, eh, because we only elected a third of them, we didn't do all that good. We had about an even split. okay. But it was very iffy, and most of the time we we couldn't get the the 50 votes we needed to come out with a win or a tie. And, of course, if there was a tie, then our our very pro-life vice president could, could take care of that. But it was, it was right there. It just wasn't, um, it wasn't certain. It was never certain in a vote. And most of the time, we didn't make it. So then 2018 came along. Right There, there was no presidential election. So it was just the House and the Senate. And in the Senate, we didn't do too bad. We, we actually picked up a couple of seats. And so we now have, at our present time, we now have a Senate that is essentially pro-life uh, by about one vote. But it is essentially pro-life. But man did we lose in the House. The House completely flipped and it is now a pro abortion House of Representatives, clearly a pro abortion house of representatives for the last two years. Right? They've been voting down every pro life initiative that they that they had a chance to vote on, and they've been passing pro abortion legislation left and right. So now we have a chance again this year, a chance to, if you will, get it right. Okay? And, and we have to do that. And, 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 you know, all sides of this battle know what's at stake. They know what is at stake here. And so we don't on this program and, and, and we don't on this radio station talk about individual candidates. We will never tell you to vote for Harry and not vote for Larry or, or anything like that, you know, to vote for Mabel and, and, and not vote for, for Art, Artisha. Uh we, we don't do that. OK, we don't talk candidates. We don't even talk parties. OK, but what we talk, especially on this program, is pro-life and pro-death. We need you to elect pro-life candidates this year. It is so, so important. Right? As you commemorate Roe v. Wade and Dobie Bolton next week, right as you think about the 60 million that have died, if you think about even today, The thousands a day that die, over 2,000 a day that die, you you, you need to think about electing the right people, especially to national office. And you have an opportunity to do that this year. But as I mentioned last week, and I'll probably mention it several times over the next month or two, the election doesn't start in November. The election is starting right now. Right? If you want to make sure that you can vote for a pro-life candidate in November, you have to make sure that when states, because all the states have them, when states have their primaries, and sometimes it's an election and sometimes it's a caucus, but it doesn't make any difference, when, when states hold their primaries, that you get involved in your state's primary and work for the pro-life candidate. otherwise... When you get to November, you may have only your choice between this pro-abortion candidate or that pro-abortion candidate, and you won't have a pro-life candidate on the ballot. It's the primaries that are extremely important. And you say, when do the primaries begin? And I'll tell you, in about two weeks they begin. All right? I just, just know that, that the uh, the primary ca- I want to say elections. Let me say elections, even though I'm, it may be a caucus in your state, but it, it just um, makes things simpler when we talk about it. Uh, but when we talk about you know um, elections, the primary elections, um, they're starting now. All right, they're opening up uh, in the month of February. There are four primary elections. Okay, um, there's Iowa, which is the first one. It's in Febu- on February third. Right. It is, there is New Hampshire on February 11th, there is Nevada on February 22nd, and there is South Carolina on February 29th. So four states will have their primary candidates picked before the end of February. These are the people who are going to be on the ballot. Then, of course, you have your final election in November to say which one of the candidates on the ballot do you pick. But you've got to make sure there's pro-life candidates there because you have to be involved in the primaries. Now, you think, well, you know, that's only four states. Well, on March the 3rd, there are 14 states have primary elections. And I'm not going to take the time to read them all off, but there's 14 states. And you need to find out when the primary elections are held in your state. And you need to be working long before those primaries to get pro-life candidates running for office and then to get support for them so that they win the primaries and therefore you can vote for them in November. It's the way our system works. It's the way you get a pro-life candidate to vote for in November. And so please, please take this all seriously. The b- Both sides, the pro-life you know, big shots, the, the pro-abortion big shots, they're all taking it seriously. How seriously are they taking it? Let me tell you. Planned Parenthood has announced within the last week that they are starting a $45 million political campaign to get their candidates elected to office And that 45 million is targeted at nine separate states, right? And and it's a total of 45 million over the nine states. And so if you're in in any of the nine states, and I'll tell you what these are because you have to know if you're targeted. The nine states are Arizona, Colorado, Michigan, Florida, Minnesota, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So if I just mentioned a state that you live in, you're a target of Planned Parenthood. They are specifically coming after you and your state to get their candidates elected. Top to bottom. this is not just for the presidential campaign. this is for all of, you know the House of Representatives, it's for the the state, uh, the uh, Senate in, in, in washington d c um, Those for those that are running uh, one third you know thirty three uh, uh, senators are running. Um, 33 seats are open in, in the Senate. Uh, so, so it's for all of these things. It's for local campaigns where they consider them important. It's for ballot measures. And in those states that are going to have them, $45 million is what they're spending. Now, this year, they have a competitor organization, a pro-life organization that is stepping up to the plate and saying they're going to put out money, too, in, in terms of the... Getting the pro-life message out there and getting pro-life candidates elected. Uh, the it's it's a pack, right? It's, the pack is called the the Women Speak Out Pack, which is associated with the Susan B. Anthony List, a political pro-life organization, and they have pledged at this point to spend fifty-two million dollars in an effort to support the pro-life cause and to support the president who is, as I said, one of the um, most pro-life or is the most pro-life president. So, So the Susan B. Anthony list with their super PAC, which is called Women Speak Out, are going to put at this time they've announced $52 million in the campaign. So you can see that both sides have very high amounts of money going in, but elections are won at the local level. Always have been, always will be, right? It needs your involvement. So when we talk about pro-life activism here in the year 2020, we're talking about getting involved in the elections. And I know there's a lot of people in the pro-life movement who are resistant to getting involved in the elections, but we saw what happened two years ago when we didn't have enough, when the pro-aborts took over the House. If it happens again, we're in big trouble. That's all I can tell you. So let me just, just close this particular discussion by saying that it is just absolutely necessary that you get involved in in the uh, the pro life battle this year. Do it locally. You know, be out in front of the the abortion facilities and right? offer help. You know, work with pregnancy resource centers, offer help to women who are considering abortion and, and find out why they want to have an abortion and help them solve those problems so that they don't feel that they have to have an abortion. All of this is, is uh, very, very much necessary. But it's also necessary to get involved politically this year. And I know that's tough. And I know people don't want it. And I know people don't trust politicians with good reason. And I'm not saying, well, you should trust politicians. No, once they get elected, we have to hold them to account. Right? That's a whole other thing that we could be talking about next year after the elections are over is how do we hold the the people with good positions that we got elected how do we make sure that they actually do something and that's a discussion for next year shows but uh this year we've got to get the right people elected and and we we hope that that you're going to be able to do that 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 you're going to be able to uh, to see what's going on to be aware of what's going on in your community and to understand that it's going to take a lot of fighting on your part, a lot of involvement on your part in order to be able to do that. So concluding on, on that discussion uh, as, as part of the show, we still have time left in the show and we will be talking about other things. But I just want to remind everybody, if you've just tuned in, my name is Jim Sedlak. And you're listening to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death on radiomaria.us, a Christian voice in your home. And we hope that you have been uh, listening and, and aware of what is going on. Um, it is, it is you know, just absolutely important. We've been talking about the anniversary of the Supreme Court decision decriminalizing abortion, uh, which takes place next year, to, I mean, sorry, next week. Um, the 47th anniversary of the supreme court decision is on january 22nd which is on wednesday of next week Uh, please pray for the babies next week please if you can participate in either local or statewide or national rallies to commemorate the deaths of 60 million babies since 1973 uh, we urge you to do it if you can't just go to your your church whatever denomination you belong to and pray. Pray that God will have mercy on us and will step in and will halt halt the slaughter of his creation. Pray. We need a lot and a lot of prayer. American Life League itself has come to that conclusion as we looked at the landscape last year. And so we have developed a program that I've mentioned before on this show. But let me just Talk a little bit about it again because it is so critical. We have to understand that abortion is from the devil. Destroying God's creation is from the devil, right? As much as we want to talk about a political battle, as much as we want to talk about a human battle, we have to understand that at its roots, this is a spiritual battle. This is at its roots a battle between God and Satan, and they have their forces on either side, and, and obviously, in my opinion, S- Satan's biggest force is Planned Parenthood Federation of America and all of their affiliates to see what they're doing, to see the, the, the uh, outrageous number of abortions a year that they commit, uh, Planned Parenthood, when they're released their annual report said that in the year 2018 that they committed 345,000 abortions in one year in their facilities. It's the largest number of abortions that that they have ever committed in a single year. And that was t- two years ago, right? And that was back in 2018. I told you about all the new abortion facilities they opened up in 2019 so we would expect that when they come out with their annual report next year, that those numbers will go up again, right? This is Satan's work. If we're going to win this battle, we need God's help, and God is there to help us, but we have to ask, and we have to ask, and we have to ask, and we have to continually ask. And so for those of you who are listening to, to me that are Catholics, and you know this is a Catholic radio station, the predominant listening audience is Catholic, so you are the ones that I want to speak to, there is a program called the Marian Blue Wave. And I'll talk a little bit about it, but not, not, you know, not enough to describe everything. But it is, you can go to the internet on marianbluewave.com and you can find out all about it, right? read all about it, see the endorsements we have. If you're Catholic, you will recognize, you know, some of the names of, you know, cardinal Burke is one of the endorsers of it. Other endorsers are a number of bishops. Um, you know, um, Bishop Strickland from, from, uh, is, is an endorser of the program. Bishop Brennan, Bishop uh, Burbage, um, and I'm leaving some out um, that, that are, uh, in, in, I'm leaving a number out that, that are endorsers of the program. Uh, but go there. And what the program is, is to say a rosary a week for the end of all abortion and all Planned Parenthood in the United States. That's the campaign, a spiritual campaign. At the same time, we pray for Catholics in public office who don't follow the teachings of the Catholic Church, who say they're Catholic but then you know, vote for abortion or vote for euthanasia or a, a number of other uh, anti-Catholic teaching measures. And so we do pray for them also. We ask people to commit, not just as, you know, privately in your own home, say a rosary a week. We ask you to commit because you will inspire other people to commit. We have a map on our website, uh, Marion Blue Wave, that shows the city in which every person who committed lives. It doesn't show your address or any personal identifying information. It's just a a little blue figure over the city to indicate that someone from that city has committed to, say, a rosary a week. And that map, as people tell us, is very, very inspiring. Right now, there are over 2,000 people represented on that map. And what was surprising to us, because when we originally launched it, we thought it was going to be just in the United States. But we actually have people from 29 different countries in all the countries of and then uh, all of the populated continents in the world. There are seven continents in the world, but Antarctica has no permanent residence. So uh, there are only uh, only six populated continents. And we have people from each of those six continents, total of 29 countries. They've all joined okay, and, and we, do, we want to know um, and where you're from just so we can put you right on the map correctly. We invite you to join. You can either join by going to the website or simply by texting the word WAVE, W-A-V-E, to 66866, right? And then you will get back information on how to sign up. So you text WAVE, W-A-V-E, to 66866, and that will you, um, and, and you will get information on how to sign up for the Marian Blue Wave. And we really want you to do that. We want to grow this to epic proportions, not for us. right? We don't ask you for money when you sign up or anything like that. We simply ask you to tell us that you're going to say a rosary a week for an end to abortion, uh, and an end to Planned Parenthood, and uh, a a couple of other goals, which are clearly listed on the website. Um, And, you know, that's it. But we want to know, and we want to know that people are praying it. So please, as soon as this show is over, pick up your cell phone, right? Go to your text function and and type in the word WAVE, W-A-V-E, and then send it to 66866, and you will soon be signed up. Uh, and we'll get the instructions on how to do that. So we, we encourage you, please do that and get signed up to the Marian Blue Wave. Join the thousands of people and a number of bishops around the world who are joining us and saying the Marian Blue Wave to end abortion. Because this whole show now has been about abortion, about the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision 47 years ago. And if we want to end abortion and all the things that we've been talking about, we have to understand it's a spiritual battle, and we have to understand that it is God who can make this happen. It is God who can end this horror in America, and we need to ask him. We need to pray for reparation for the sin of abortion, and we need to shower heaven with our prayers and you can do that by just committing to say a rosary a week and once you do if you can get 12 people in your church and you're one so if you can get 11 others in your church we will expand this thing beyond measure and by the way um, you don't have to be any particular age if you have a family and your family has four or five or six people in a family sign them all up okay sign them all up all right You're not going to get fundraising emails or anything like that. You just, we we want to know that you're saying the rosary and you will get a weekly email from us just letting you know how how things are going. And if there's something special that needs prayers for, uh, we will let you know. Right. this week we're asking people to pray for the governor of New Jersey who says he's catholic but just signed a bill to give planned parenthood 9 million dollars out of the state and we're asking for prayers for him as part of this week. We do that you know we don't obviously it's different people at different times and it's not only not always a particular individual. So uh, having said all of that we've come to the end of our program and I want to end this program the way we always do and that is by asking our blessed mother mother of god spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.